Hi, I'm Dave Crane. I'm going to share with you in this podcast how to travel the world for free as a keynote speaker, to stay in the best hotels and travel first in business class, all paid for by somebody else, and how to create a business revenue model that's going to look after you and get you connected to some of the biggest hitters in the industry. Want to know how? Keep watching, keep listening. This is for you. Hi, I'm Dave Crane, an ex-BBC journalist who transforms decision makers and business owners who are feeling unknown and scared to speak on stage into highly respected and branded industry experts who are frequently getting offered five, six, and even seven-figure contracts to do exactly what they did before. During the pandemic, I lost everything except the belief that, like me, the world is full of frustrated leaders and game changers with untapped potential and brilliant ideas who felt time was always against them because they were worth much, much more and just needed help to learn to jump and grow wings on the way down. And so that's what I do. I help create industry icons. Imagine being in constant demand, headhunted and interviewed because you're the visionary whose life purpose and passion are aligned. So every single day you wake up smiling, truly happy, only doing what you want, when you want and having plenty of time to spend with those you love. I created the Industry Icon Program to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you to fly. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life worth living, it's an honor to be serving you. And now it's your turn to build a legacy. So let's get started. We need to talk. This is your time to become an industry icon. Hi, I'm Dave Crane. Welcome to the Dave Crane Podcast. And uh, here I am on location in Russell Kramer in the UAE at a five-star hotel. And I want to share with you today a lot of ideas about how to get international gigs, how to travel overseas, and also how to enjoy a five-star lifestyle. Now, one of the things that people have as a misconception about gigs is uh, because you're traveling around the world and again invited to speak at amazing places that everything's hunky-dory and simple but it's it is and it isn't let me just start off from the very beginning by educating you about a couple of things that you really need to know first of all when you're traveling and you're going to amazing places like this have a look at it it's pretty nice isn't it I won't go to the poolside because then people get offended because you're videoing them and you've got to ask permission before you do anything. When you're traveling to amazing places like this, you are working. So at the end of the day, what happens is people want you to do a job and they don't care what your mood is, whether you're having a good day or a bad day, what it's like to travel, all those bits and pieces have nothing to do with anything. All they want you to be able to do is deliver what they need at the time. It could be a 20-minute speech, it could be a 45-minute speech, it could be an hour long. It might be a workshop, it could be a whole retreat of things, but that's what they're paying for. And whatever it takes is exactly what you've got to deliver. So, let's go through a couple of things. First of all, a couple of key questions which you may have, which is, Dave, do you take your family with you when you travel? Yes and no. 
there's a good reason for that because sometimes it's tempting because your family wants to travel you to, to amazing exotic places and you want to turn around and say yeah of course you can but it really depends because remember the client's only interested in one thing what will you deliver for my clients for my audience so when they're more than happy for your family to go and sometimes you can offset the cost of flights accommodation's easy they can stay in your room if you've got a nice big suite put an extra bed in for your kids or whatever it is but you want to get paid and put the money into your bank account remember you're going to be working so you won't get a chance to spend that much time with your family unless you stay for an extra couple of days for me personally unless i barter the tickets the flight tickets and the accommodation because they're available anyway and maybe the client can't afford my fee so i'll add a little bit extra in it like that but i generally won't take the family i'd much prefer to take the family on a proper holiday when i'm not working so i can devote time to them we can have a really good experience of just being ourselves and enjoying our holiday in the sunshine or wherever we are we're having to worry about me going off and working because my job is not to enjoy my holiday my job is 100 to be there with the clients and make sure that whatever they're after is exactly what i deliver and that's not easy to do when you've got a family in tow I'm just being completely honest with you. Sometimes it's easy if it's just a partner that travels with you. But even so, if you're having an argument with your par partner or they don't get on with the person who's bringing you, your job is to be as single and as available to chat to as possible. I'm not saying you have to start a relationship with everybody, but they're paying for your time to be there. They're not paying for a prima donna. They're not paying for somebody who's hard work. They're not paying for somebody who brings an ego to the table. And you might say, well, that's just me. That's what they pay for. Yeah, but they won't refer you to anybody else. You want it to be that because it's a very small industry, which it is worldwide, when your name comes up and you want your name to come up, you want to make sure that people turn around and say, oh, yeah, Dave Crane. Yeah, yeah, I recommend him. He's great. Great to deliver. Great to work with. Doesn't have any ego. He's got a great family. I met him once, but the rest of the time you wouldn't know. So that's what you've got to think about. You always think about the next gig that comes up. So now let's talk about getting these gigs. How do you get to be an international speaker? How do you get to travel the world, go to five-star hotels, travel business class and all the rest of it? Well, the truth is, I don't often travel business class. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But when the option comes up, I'd, much, I'd actually much prefer to have the money in my bank account to choose to spend on my family or whatever I want to spend it on, rather than see all the money disappear into a ticket. I will only do a big five-star experience if, um, as in the, the, the travel, if I know that I'm going to hit the ground running when I travel. So when I arrive within a very short amount of time, I'm going to be actually performing on stage. So that means I've got to be fresh and ready to go. So for instance, when I did a gig in Brazil, I went to, um, on business class. Why? Because I'm not spending 16 hours from Dubai on a plane, arriving fresh, ready to go. I'm going to be exhausted, cramps, in a bad mood. So I do that as often as I need to when I'm traveling to a place. And sometimes I upgrade myself just to make sure that the journey back is good, especially if I've got work to do when I get back. So what is it that these people want from you? Well, ultimately, you're selling the certainty that you can deliver. But here's the thing. As you're building up all your content, and this is one of the reasons that I'm actually making this video for you as well. As you're doing all this stuff, you have to be able to sell the next gig that you do. You have to be able to tell people, this is me, this is what I do. I deliver great stuff in front of audiences and I can look after your audience as well. I make sure that whatever you wanted me to deliver, I can do. Because events managers, 
are very simple. They've got big egos. They don't care about you. They don't care what you do. They want you to make them look good. Now this is very simple. So they will have a range of, let's say conservatively, they've got 10,000 great speakers that can do what you do. Let's just say that. Maybe not exactly what you do, but got 10,000 speakers and choose from. You can jump onto Google, have a look around, and suddenly they've got a load of options. But those options might not have a great presentation video, might not have great testimonials, might not have an easy website to navigate through to find out what it is that you do, might not say what kind of speeches you give or who you've given them to, or a list of a clients that you've worked with that are super happy to work with you again. All those kind of things can make a huge difference. So what you want to do is sell the certainty that when people work with me, they come back again and again and again. And it's not that you're selling it to one person in particular. You're selling it to somebody who then has to turn around and pass those details onto a third person. Let me explain. So the events manager is there and they've got to provide a really good speaker as a keynote for a conference on, I don't know, electronics. So they're looking for all these different options. Now, whoever they come up with, whoever they want to work with, it's not their choice. Their job is to be like a menu to select maybe three people. But then they've got to get that stuff and pass it on to a sponsor or a conference owner or somebody. They've got to have a look through your stuff and they're going to say, yeah, that's the person I agree. That's the one we want to work with. So you've got to make sure that your stuff is so obvious and so in place that a third person could see it after the first person you've sent it to and without you being there to say yeah this is me let me explain no explanation needed we should be able to read it and say okay that's the person i want to work with so therefore you're creating certainty therefore you've got to create all that content you've got to create a relationship with the market to say that whenever i travel and do stuff there i go so it also is very important when you do travel that you also create content that you can share inside the gig before the gig and after it's also important to think about different revenue sources so let me give you the anatomy of going onto a stage here's the way i would plan it so i've been offered a gig to go to uh, let's see to malta so i'm going to be speaking at a big gig in malta at a conference as a keynote speaker I may also get the opportunity to be the host of the event. Why would I want to be the host of the event? Well, very simply because I want to make sure that when I go on stage, I go on stage to applause and not have it all flat and boring and terrible. Because often what happens is the actual host of the event, if they won't pay for it, is just somebody from the company, somebody with a big personality like a salesperson. And unless you're a professional MC, unless you really know what you're doing, the odds are that the person that's going to bring you on stage is going to do it based on their ego. Or even worse, they're going to go to Google and try and get something from you about what it is that you've done and so on. And, and we'll start talking about that to bring you on stage. The audience might be up for it. The audience might be bored. The audience might not hate, might not like them. Imagine what that does for you before you go on stage if the audience doesn't like the person who's bringing you on. So these are all the things you've got to consider. So I make it short, sweet, concise, and I want to make sure I hand that to the person if they're going to bring me on. But I'd much prefer that I run the gig. I run the gig and give the keynotes. I can bring myself on stage. I just walk on, say hello to the audience, and say, I'd like to share you some ideas. Bang, keynote starts. Or you can ask someone to introduce you. That's fine as well. But then, as you're doing it and you're going on stage, I like to be able to host it, I like to speak at it, I like to make sure that there's lots of reasons why they've chosen me. Now, 
if you're there for three days, does it mean you're working extra hard? Well, yes, it does. But you can often get a day before and a day after to relax and recharge your batteries. We can actually have a look around the place and just enjoy why people go to that tourism place in the first in the first time. So if you can add those to your trip, they will be paid for and you will be looked after. At the end of the day, the, the client's paying for X amount of rooms and they'll quite happily just sign off in another room for you. Or sometimes you pay for it yourself, but not very often. Normally it's all covered by it. So the agency or the person that books you wants to make sure that you just deliver your job. You want to make it as easy as you can for them to pass it on to a third party. You also want to make sure that every gig you do can sell the next gig. So therefore, they've booked you. You know you're going to Malta. So what you want to do is let them know that not only you're super keen to go, but also that you can create a video for their audience to say, I'm looking forward to going to Malta. I'll see you when I get there. When I'm there, I'm going to deliver X, Y, and Z for you. So what does that mean, Dave? Well, you can do a promo video that makes them look good. A promo video that they can share with their entire audience, saying, hi, I'm Dave Crane, looking forward to coming to Malta. When I get there, I'm going to deliver a keynote all about the future of the metaverse and how to motivate you and your team to get the very best out of it. So if you're looking to digitize your input and make the change in your industry and start to dominate, then you don't want to miss that, key, that keynote. Can't wait to see you. See you in Malta at the Blah Blah event between the 27th of October and the 30th of December. It's a very long conference. But by doing that, and because you've made an effort to make it, they'll start promoting it. Why? Because it's easy for them. Especially if you've done some nice branding, some nice video content. So that means that when you arrive, the audience has already Googled you. They already know who you are. Not everybody, but many of them will. So if you've got an audience that's warm to you when you go on stage, you're going to get a bigger round of applause than if you just suddenly arrive and you've got to impress them within the first few seconds. So now you've got this audience that's really keen. You've made the sponsors very happy. The event organizers very happy because you've put some content together that they can use on an ongoing basis. Now, here's the thing. If you pay to do a keynote, you're not being paid to sell from a stage. But what you can do, and I'll go through this in later episodes, is one thing you can do really easily is you can offer to the audience a QR code to get access to a special digital gift. The digital gift could be a copy of your book or a few bits of your book. It could be that you get a copy of the presentation. QR codes are easy to get and they're free, by the way. You just need to Google making a QR code and you can get a URL, a website address, and turn it into a QR code and have it as a big screen. Have as a screen at the beginning of your presentation, middle of your presentation, and at the end of your presentation. Because what will not happen is the organizers will not give you a copy of their mailing list. But what they will do is they'll allow you to basically offer a gift to the audience. Same thing. You don't want the entire mailing list because then you're spamming them. You want what's called permission marketing. The people who want to be there sign up by getting to that web page. When they get to that web page, then there's an opt-in box for them to put in their name and their address, email. And suddenly they get a download of a presentation or the book or whatever it is you offer, maybe an audio or access to a series, a short series of a mini course. And then they become your audience, you can upsell to them. Now what people don't want you to do is pitch their audience because it's tacky and nasty. Sometimes you do, and it's usually on a pay to play business model, which I'll tell you about in a future episode. So now you've got this different way. You go on stage, you present, and all the time, by the way, you can refer back 
to what you do with people. Do it as a soft sell. So when I talk about my industry icon course and all the people are working with me, if you're interested in the stuff that I do right now that I'm sharing with you, just join me at industry icon course, or even better, join the game changers. And then you'll see all this stuff in your own time. There's an online course and you can learn more about it. But if you want to work with me directly, then it's very simple. Now I can say this in the middle of a presentation. It won't seem tacky, it's just real and it's just there, but it's also a soft sell. It's not me saying, right, I'm not gonna give you it for $2,000. I'm gonna put the price right down for special. No, forget all that. Just offer it to the people. And if, remember, if you're on stage talking for about 20 minutes, anything to 45 minutes to an hour, that's actually a sales call. You've had a chance to sell your relationship with the audience by your expertise, by the certainty that you know what you're talking about. These guys will be interested in taking away more of you. So to then get them to sign up to something, and then to follow up with a series of pre-programmed emails that are offered them. That's really powerful. And it guarantees that you've got a load of people in that room who are keen to continue. It also means that you've got an easy way of getting these people to refer you to future gigs. Why? Because they come away from the event and say, oh yeah, I was working with that person really good. Did a great job of it. Let me see if I've got their contact details. Let me share it with you. And suddenly you get a call from out of nowhere saying, didn't you do that event in Malta? We'd love to have you go to Cyprus. I'd love to bring you to London or to Brazil or to Spain or to, to America or something. Just purely because you did all that stuff right. So therefore, when you finished your course and you come off, you finished your uh, presentation and you come off stage, you also have people there waiting to talk to you if you've done your job right. Now you can send them to your social, but I personally hate to send people to, to lots of different social pages because they might just look at it and disappear. I want some kind of call to action. LinkedIn's fine, I'll say connect with me on LinkedIn. Or even if I can't get the QR code right, I'll say connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a quick message, and I'll send a copy of this presentation if I didn't have the QR code in, 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 uh, ready to go. But I usually have a website to send them to, speak on stage or theindustryicon.com. It's very simple, people can write it down and we can do something with it. But if you've got a book or something physical that people can have, take a number of copies and say, I'll be available to sign my book at the end of it. Now you're thinking, okay, so that's selling day, that's tacky. Not necessarily. I know for instance, that some of my very dear friends, not only are best-selling authors, but when they finish doing their presentations on stage as a keynote, they then sign books that people have already bought. But they also have a pile of books. Now you're thinking, okay, well, then you're gonna start taking money off people. Not necessarily. Here's the thing. When you're negotiating about working with a company, they have a budget for you as a speaker, but they also usually have an education budget. That education budget looks after the, the, the content and the courses and the way that they bring people up to speed over the period of a year, that's a separate budget. So what you can do is get paid to speak and also tap into their education budget to buy books to give to people to sign them at your event. It's a separate budget, they can access that. So buy, maybe they buy 100 books at $10 each. That's an extra $1,000 you wouldn't have got. Okay, minus the cost of your supply and all the rest of it, but you've suddenly found more money that didn't exist before. Maybe it's 1,000 books, maybe you charge more for that, it doesn't matter. The point is, there's lots of different ways of adding extra revenue. Plus there'll be some people that go along, want to work with you directly, 
set up a meeting with them, make it as easy as possible. If you'd like to have a chat with me before I leave the country, then tomorrow I'm gonna to be around in this coffee shop. Just have a chat with me now and we'll book it. Or even better, I'll send you a link. Now here's another few tactics that you can think about when you're traveling to overseas events. So you're going to an event and sometimes you're not the biggest name on the, on the list. Sometimes you're just a, a keynote speaker, but the big, big speaker is going on first, the guest of honor. And that's sometimes somebody who's really famous or somebody who's industry famous. Everybody knows who they are and you've heard of them. And they're a legend in the industry, a great salesperson or a great HR godfather or something. Here's what you do. When they're on stage, you take videos, short videos, about a minute and a half each, do several of them, and you take lots of still photos. Why would you do that, Dave? Because everybody gets promised a copy of a showreel, or in many cases, they get a copy of a showreel, or they get told, yeah, we'll give you some footage. But that's usually through a third-party company. The guy is sat there with a video camera, sometimes streaming it live, but that can take weeks for it to arrive. And sometimes when it arrives and you get access to it, all you're getting access to is a very short promo for the event of which you're featured on it for about two seconds, the same as all the other speakers. What you really want is somebody to have taken some decent footage of you. So you deliver that and offer it to the keynote, the top keynote, in fact, do it for all of them if you've got time. And so you take the keynote and you take bits of it and some stills and you go up to see the big decision maker once they come off stage. Now, of course, they're gonna be surrounded by people who want to take selfies with them or chat to them. And you take them to one side and say, look, love it to meet you, really enjoyed your presentation. I've got something for you. I videoed your entire presentation or I videoed clips. I've got a load of stuff your social media. I'd love to give it to you. Now, sometimes they say that's really nice, but they always say that's really nice because they want immediate stuff and we know we're not gonna get it from anywhere else. What we usually do is give you a business card and they say, right, could you uh, send me an email? Well, that goes straight to their office. And it's a pain because you'll never get access to them. What you're after is their WhatsApp. In which case you can turn around and you've got the rules. You can do this, by the way, because you have all the footage. You don't have to give it to them, but they want it now because they want to be able to say, here I am in Malta or in Buenos Aires or, or in Barcelona or wherever it is. And they want to be able to say, here's me on stage. But they're on social. So you can turn around to them and say, no, no, I prefer to WhatsApp it to you if that's okay. Just give me a WhatsApp, I'll send it now. I've found that 95% of them will give you the WhatsApp there and then. You send it across, happy days. But this means that in the future, if you want to do anything with them, interview them, chat to them, share advice, you can get access to them directly without going through their office because often the business card just has an office number on it, not theirs, because they're busy. They don't want to talk to people. You've kind of hijacked that by giving them footage, footage that they wouldn't have got from anywhere else because if they don't work with you, if they don't get it, that's the whole point in doing it like that. So as you've got this wonderful footage, then another thing that I would do, I'd leap onto LinkedIn and I'd make a post about them and I'd send a recommendation on LinkedIn about what a great speaker they are. Why would you do that? Well, while you're fresh in their mind and we know exactly who you are, LinkedIn, for instance, has a wonderful way of forcing people, when you've done a recommendation, to have to send you one back. And they don't really know you. But there's a very good chance that we'll say, yeah, you are great as well. Suddenly got a recommendation from a big hitter and you've got the direct contact to them and probably their business card. Why is that useful? Well, because they are probably not going to be competition for you. They're more likely to be a referral partner, but you're also creating association, the optics. If you can take a selfie with them as well, then that also shows that you were with them at that time in that place. 
and you can make a post about it and people see by association that you hang around with all the big boys and girls in the industry. So remember when I started talking at the very beginning of today's session about the importance of getting hired by event managers? They want to know certainty. If I get this person, am I gonna look stupid? Are they gonna make me look good? Are they connected to other people in the industry who are very good at it? Well, if you've got this evidence and you've got this relationship, it's amazing how quickly that can turn into something and you might not even know. It's like a marketing ploy. Let me give you an example. I did an HR event maybe five, six years ago. And on stage, one of the keynote speakers was a lady called Natalie Says. She was the regional um, HR director, not regional, the HR director for NASA. For NASA. You heard of NASA, the space people? Yeah, them. So I did the same thing. I got some great footage of her on stage, some photos, came off stage. Of course, she's trailing on her own. So I got a chance to sit with her and chat with her and I sent the stuff across. Very grateful, we stayed in contact, email and, what's, and, and, and LinkedIn and so on. That was fantastic. But then, about a year and a half later, I was actually doing a gig in NASA. So long before I set off, I go onto WhatsApp. I said, Natalie, I'm coming to NASA. Hope to catch up with you then. Didn't get a response. Thought maybe she's not working there. Maybe the number didn't work or whatever. But I'll leave it. I'll just let her know that I'm coming. So when I did arrive, about three to six months later, when I got there, I sent her another message. She came out to see me. She gave me an exclusive guided tour all around NASA. The stuff that other people don't see behind the scenes. Explained what everything was, gave me some souvenirs and spent a good hour and a bit with me having a look at the rockets and all the different uh, technology that they have. And of course, the association of myself and the, the HR director of NASA is worth its weight in gold. You don't get access to these people otherwise. And where did that come from? When I was doing a gig, I took the time when everyone else is just watching and taking notes and drinking their coffee and nodding and clapping. I took the time to get the right kind of footage. So what kind of footage do you get that makes these people really excited? Let me give you a little tip. This is from a speaker's point of view. And if you can't do it for your own gig, get somebody to do it. Get a waiter even, or a number member of staff, or another speaker or somebody to do it. It's easy. Let me show you exactly what you got. So supposing behind me, where you can see the swimming pool. So behind me is a swimming pool, right? So I'm right now with a swimming pool behind me. Imagine that's a stage. So I'm speaking on stage. What I want to have is some footage starting behind me here, going all the way around, and all the way around to the other side to behind me there. I want it to last for about three, two to three minutes. Enough to catch me speaking, but also enough for me to cut clips out and look really cinematic. Why is that important? Because if it's just a single shot of you standing there and somebody just holding it, it doesn't look professional. It looks okay, but it doesn't look like it's done by a professional camera. If somebody walks around from one from the back of you to the other side, then okay, you've got the footage. Hopefully you've got the sound. But more than anything, you've got the optics and you can't lie about the optics. The evidence is there. Now you don't have to have it perfect because you can take stills and screenshots and use them for social media posts. You can use the whole contents of it or chop it into a couple of different bits. Now there's one caveat I need to add to this. It can't really or shouldn't just be the idea of you standing there on a stage because it could be an empty stage. The way to do the video is you want to have you on stage, then the audience, 
and then the camera on the other side because the footage needs to show that there's a load of, load of people watching you to see what it was you were doing. That's the footage you want. Remember starting on one side, working the way to the other side. If you've got that from all your gigs, then whenever you put together events for future and you let people know exactly where you've been and what you've done, it really works out well. You can use that footage forever and you can say, this is what happened in Barcelona, this is what happened in, in Madrid, this is what happened in, in Germany. Just let it show up on the screen. Show lots of footage that really links towards people going, wow, and that's what events managers ultimately want. And if it can get you clapping at the very beginning, that's fantastic, you can put that at the very end. Anyway, I'll do another session all about how to break this down into more. So, at the end of today, I hope you got a lot from it. How to get international gigs, what to do when you get there, how to get an audience to get excited and a buy from you, and also how you can upgrade the extra ways of selling to an audience when you get there. If you've got any questions, contact me directly. There'll be more stuff coming out in future podcasts. And also, when you do arrive at these events, make sure you are 100% professional. Find out when you've got to be there, do the sound check, set all the pieces up. Do not leave anything to chance. Set up your presentation, get it on ready. I would always do a couple of things when travel. I would have my, I normally use a PowerPoint. I'll have my computer in my carry-on luggage. I'll send my PowerPoint presentation up to the cloud. Usually send it to myself as an email or a wee transfer. I'll have it on a USB stick. I'll bring my own clicker. And because I use a Mac, I bring my own cables. Now, nowadays, most places can accommodate it that they've got it themselves. But just sometimes, sometimes you arrive and they haven't got the right stuff. No problem. I can do it myself. So with that, bring plenty of business cards. I know that you want a digital business card, and that's very cool as well. But some people are old school. If they hand you a business card, you hand one back, it's really good. Now, ideally, if you get your picture on your business card, that's even better. So you don't disappear into obscurity, you know exactly who it is. And a little tip I'll give you before we finish today's podcast is if you've got your picture on your business card, not only will people remember who you are when it comes to looking through the business cards, but they're less likely to throw it away because they see your face looking back at them. It's more likely to make them say, oh, I'll hold on to this card. I know this person, which is exactly what you want to have. So with that being said, remember... You can work with me directly by contacting me and doing the test on the uh, uh, Industry Icon program. That's when I work with you one-to-one. You can join our Game Changers community. And every month we have Q&A sessions as well as me training you how to speak, how to brand yourself, how to get your mindset right, and also how to create lots of different revenue income streams so you can earn more from doing what you love. I look forward to catching you on the next episode. I hope this was useful for you. Any questions, feel free to contact me. I'm here for you as always. My name's Dave Crane. Stay groovy. Cheers. Have an amazing day. And that's it for today's podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure having you here with me. If you go to speakonstage.com, everything you need will be there. You get access to my blog. You get past and present podcasts. Find out about the events that are upcoming. And also, you could join the Game Changers and join our global community, our membership. We're changing the world. Similarly, if you really want to push your brand and get speaking gigs all around the world, then you've got to become an industry icon. Book a session with me, we'll have a chat about it, and you can get our online courses to become an amazing speaker and also position yourself as the very best in your niche. 
I look forward to catching you soon on another podcast. Meanwhile, have an amazing day.